everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Monday, January 25th. You guys were almost at the end of January. Thank goodness. Today is Mailbox Monday and you guys have a lot of questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today to uh, my little corner of the internet, my little attempt at just giving you guys a shot in the arm and encouraging you. Lots of really cool things happening here in my neck of the woods. The Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center just doing great. Uh, I'm watching out my studio window right now at kids in uh, pottery classes and parents being encouraged and there's life happening here. And so very thankful for that. Very thankful for you guys and for all of your encouragement and your support of the ministry. As always, I can't thank you guys enough just for just reaching out and loving on us the way that you do. Thank you to Sarah from South Dakota, Desiree from Victoria, California, and Crystal from Maryland, Maryville, rather, Tennessee. Thanks, you guys. We just appreciate so much your uh, partnering with us in this ministry. Wanted to remind you that MSI, Mom Strong International, is currently wrapping up the study in the book of Revelation. And I know that a lot of you are curious about it. I keep hearing from you. You can actually go back and get the entire series. You can download it and go go through it with your kids, with your husband, with your wife. And I think you guys are going to be really encouraged. There are some amazing amazing things happening right now. And I think we're living to see the culture coming more and more toward the end of the church age. So we have a lot to be excited about. I think as Christians, a lot to be praying about. And I hope you guys are going to be praying and excited with us. All right, it's Mailbox Monday. And before I get started, I want to remind you guys exactly how you leave questions for us at Mailbox Monday. First of all, don't forget that uh, you can leave a voicemail as well as a um, uh, as well as just write into me. And we love it when you leave voicemails for us. And we're going to be playing a couple of those today. So you guys are not pulling any punches with your questions lately. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump right in. First question is a voicemail that was received at anchor.fm. You guys know how to do that. And this message was left from a listener whose name is Heather. I'll play her message and then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for your podcast and your encouragement. You are a gift to so many, and I just thank you for your ministry. Um, I was wondering, we have some family members who are very against the Second Amendment, and we are pro-Second Amendment in this house. Um, what it, What would you say biblically backs up the need for a Second Amendment and the right to bear arms, in particular, larger sorts of weapons. So not talking handguns, um, but a larger sort of weapon. What biblical support do you see for that argument? Thank you. So, wow, we are jumping right in today to the issue of the Second Amendment. In other words, our right to bear arms. So the the Constitution says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In other words, we have the right to self-defense. We have the right to defend ourselves. And every time I talk to Christians who say, you know, that's just not the godly way, uh, I disagree. 
I disagree with them from a scriptural point of view. I disagree with them from a common sense point of view. I realize that gun control and the Second Amendment are controversial topics, which is part of the reason why I don't talk about them here. Uh, but we shouldn't be afraid to discuss them. Remember, I've said before, you know, many times actually, that I think part of the reason why we're in the bad situation that we're in is because we just avoid these hard conversations, right? Christians don't talk about, you know, religion or politics. We don't talk about the Second Amendment whatever. And I know there's going to be some of you who are going to listen to this who oppose guns and you maybe want gun control and maybe even gun confiscation. And if you're in that place, uh, you know, I bless you. I'm not upset at you, but I will say this, uh, I think that guns are necessary for self-control. The founders of this nation knew that the only thing that would restrain the government was knowing that the people were armed and they could defend themselves if that became necessary. And so in the end, I think when people who personally oppose guns, uh, if they don't, you know, that's okay. That's all right. But those people should not unfairly attempt to in to set their conscience upon the conscience of others or to restrict their neighbor's God-given ability to defend themselves. So I've read the Bible and I see a clear endorsement of the right to bear and keep arms. And uh, if you don't, that's okay. I don't, I don't think there are things that we should argue about, but I do believe that scripture is clear in that we are called to love our neighbors. And by my way of thinking, this also includes defending them if necessary. I think it's interesting. I mean, you can, you can, you can make a clear case in scripture, I think, for uh, the biblical justification for armed defense, self-defense, family defense, the defense of innocent life. Uh, the Bible's position on this is strong and it stands to reason that if the Bible allows for self-defense, it must also allow for the private ownership of arms. So let's look for a second at Luke chapter 11, verses 21 and 22. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Uh, If you read it in the message, I thought this is interesting. When a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in his front yard. It reminded me of those people in the house in Missouri, right? Uh, His property is safe and sound. But what if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? Then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence has been hauled off and his precious possessions are plundered. Uh, You guys, we live in a wicked world. We live in a, in a time when wickedness is all around us. And I think that that little piece of scripture demonstrates not only God's will that it's okay to defend yourself, but it also sets the, sort of this precedent to say, hey, it's fine for you to defend what is yours. I heard this noted as the castle doctrine. I, you know, honestly, this seems like such common sense to me. And since I can't find any uh, any scriptures that would say it's wrong for me to defend myself or to own a weapon, we honestly never even talk about it in our house because I think it's very clear that Jesus supports the right to self-defense. And we can deduce, I guess, that the arms that were mentioned in that passage, if you go down to Luke uh, 22, I think it's verses 35 to 39, you can see where Jesus stood on the issue of keeping arms. So we talked about what it to, you know, to bearing arms. That was Luke 11. If you look to Luke 22, I think you can see where Jesus stood on the, on the topic of uh, keeping arms. In other words, do you have the right to self-defense? This has been asked and answered, I think, in the church 
for a long, long time, but let's look at it just for fun. So Luke chapter 22, verses 35 to 39. I've got two parallel versions in front of me, but let's look at it together. Uh, Starting in verse 35, when Jesus asked them, when I sent you without a purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now... If you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he who is numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in time. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciple said, see, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. So I don't, I just don't, I don't see a case in scripture. Now, if if your conscience says, nope, we're not having weapons in our house and we, you know, we'll depend, we'll depend on the government. (laughs) We'll depend on the government to protect us. Then that's okay. But to, but to say that the Bible says somehow that we're not allowed to defend ourselves, uh, I just think is, is um, a misunderstanding of the scriptures. And so uh, I think you can actually, I mean, read first Samuel 25, goodness sake. I mean, uh, you see David there calling out the militia, you know, David said to his men, every man uh, gird on his sword. It's amazing to me. Uh, the founders were godly men and they realized that the creator wanted us to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? This is the short version of the inalienable rights that God, this is what the constitution didn't give us these rights. The constitution of the United States basically just affirmed them, right? And part of that is the right to keep and bear arms. And uh, I think that this this is an important uh, important discussion to be have. I think the case is borne out in scripture and uh, you're going to find that uh, that uh, the right to bear arms was given to us in the second amendment, I think needs to be preserved. And you're going to hear a lot of Christians defend it in the days to come. So uh, I can, I'll never forget my, you know, my husband trying to teach me that long, long time ago, you know, I grew up out in the country. So did my husband. It wasn't unusual at all to see people with rifles on the back of their car. People freak out today. You know, we didn't have mass shootings then, you know, in our little country schools, we didn't have those issues. The issues are not the weapons, you guys. The issues are the people that hold the weapons. And if they cannot find uh, a weapon, like they can't find a gun or whatever. And someone said, well, what about, you know, I don't know even what you call them, you know, not a machine gun, but more heavy, heavier artillery. If your heart is not to murder somebody, uh, then I don't have any problem with that at all. Listen, liberty only survives when good character exists. And those with good character can be trusted with weaponry. Did you guys, I'm going to say it again. Liberty can only survive where good character exists. And those with good character can be trusted with weapons. And so the solution to the dilemma is not confiscation of weapons, it's godliness. But what have we done in this country? We've removed God from our schools. We've taken him out of our government. It's not the weapon that's the problem. It is not the weapon that's the problem. It is the people that are the problem. There's a wonderful article from Illinois Family Action. I'll link back to it in the show notes today called A Biblical Defense of the Second Amendment written by a pastor. And uh, I thought it was very well done. So I will link back to that in the show notes today. That was a good question, Heather. Boy, right out of the right out of the shoot today. All right, this one came from Steve in Oregon. He said, Heidi, recently my 14-year-old daughter made mention that God loves everyone after I told her my position on the LGBTQ agenda that's being pushed in the public school. God condemns in scripture what the LGBTQ community stands for. I'd like to get your perspective on this dichotomy. So I don't see it as a dichotomy at all. I see it as God saying, 
um, I have a standard by which I want you to live. And I love you. God said, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. I love you, I love you, I love you. Here are the rules, abide by them. And there are lots of rules besides the rules on human sexuality, right? Read the Ten Commandments. We have made a huge issue out of the uh, issues surrounding the gay agenda, partly because they have they have made it a really big issue and partly because Christians really messed it up. I think particularly in the seventies and eighties when, you know, uh, we were, the heterosexual sin was no big deal, but boy, you know, homosexual sin, that's a real problem. The double standard was mind blowing. God doesn't say that homosexuality is any worse than any other sin. And God loves us all murderers. God died for the murderer. God sent Jesus there to die for the murderer, for the rapist, for the people that that do unspeakable things. Sin is uh, is a is a plague, right? We are bound by sin on this earth. And one of these days, we talked about this uh, last week. One of these days, we're going to be set free. But right now, we're living under sin, and so I don't see the dichotomy at all. God loves somebody who identifies as gay or trans or transgender. God, there's no nowhere in the scripture to say that God doesn't love them. However, we are not to embrace the sin. When you're talking about somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus, here's my, here's my beef, Steve. When you're talking about somebody who doesn't know the Lord and doesn't have the, the infilling power of the Holy Spirit in their life, and you try to talk to them about how their homosexuality is wrong, they don't have the Holy Spirit. And so what the message of the church needs to be Jesus. That's the primary message of the church, not homosexuality is bad. Now, the problem that we're having now is that the church is not preaching that message anymore. The, the church is like, hey, you know, um, God doesn't care, which is completely wrong. Read the book of Romans. Oh, my goodness. So the problem is, is not with uh, does God love the homosexual? The problem is the church is no longer preaching the word of God as it was written. And we, we focus, we're too myopic on this one topic. And then we, we don't focus on the other ones. And then you got people going, well, God loves everybody. All you got to do is go to, you know, go to Portland, Oregon. You can see what I'm talking about. The issue is not, does God love the homosexual? He absolutely does. He loves them just like those Heidi St. John and all of her sinfulness. And believe me when I say I got my own issues, but as a Christian, we need to recognize homosexuality. The practice of homosexuality is sin. And so God loves everyone. And so your 14-year-old daughter was right. And God condemns in scripture what the gay community stands for. That's also correct. But love is not separate from truth. And so to me, I don't see a dichotomy. I just see that as as truth. And I think the the conversation is very important for you to be having with your daughter. So I'm glad to see that you're doing that, Steve. Thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in. Uh, this one came from Rebecca. And Rebecca is writing about an issue that she's having in her marriage. And she was saying that her, she and her husband have been having issues for quite a while. Her husband getting into conspiracy theories, flat earth, the Illuminati. Uh, You guys, I cannot tell you how many stories I have heard of people who have gotten into flat earth theory and there is so much wrong with it. I know some of you guys can be really angry with me. Hang in there. There's so much wrong with the flat earth theory and the rotten fruit of it, which is what it's doing to families, it has kind of a cult-like following. And it doesn't surprise me that now her husband's talking about the Illuminati, that kind of thing. And she's saying that she doesn't believe it. And so it's caused some resentfulness between she and her husband. This is the adversary, by the way. 
She said, this resentment has led my husband to having flirtatious relationships with multiple other women. He denies a physical contact, but not emotional. Okay, so this goes on and on. Um, sweet, sweet friend, let me just tell you right now, because at the end of this letter, she says, uh, I want to find a way to handle this as a godly woman and not let it consume me. And so I realized that this this was written into me several months ago, and I'm just now starting to work my way through all of your uh questions. But I'm going to really encourage you to get into some sort of professional counseling. You guys heard me a long time ago. I had Steve Arterberg on the on the show with me today. He has a ministry called New Life. So write this down. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Newlife.com. You can get counseling there. He, he is the author of uh, Every Man's Battle. They have a, a workshop, online workshop coming up called um, Intimacy in Marriage. One coming up, coming up called Restore. One coming up called Emotional Freedom. And I would just encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. I respect this guy's ministry. I respect what he's doing, or I wouldn't, uh, or I wouldn't recommend him to you. You can also call one eight hundred New Life, and you can find counselors there. They have counselors in your area. I don't know what exactly what the cost is, but I've heard that um, they have a. I think that the fee and the, they have a free session. Anyway, I want to just encourage you to look there, all right? So newlife.com, look for their counselors, look for their online programs. This is not a struggle that you should face alone. This is something that you need to have people in in relationship in your life with, people who can hold your husband accountable, people who can encourage you in what you guys are going through. And I just want to point you in that direction, all right, sweet mom? Don't give up. Your family and your marriage is worth fighting for, Rebecca, okay? So hang in there and... uh, go down that that path. At least I would definitely start there. All right. It's it's too much for me to try to counsel you on the podcast. I think you'd have better luck talking to an actual counselor. All right. Next one comes from Alberta, Canada, asking about suicide and going to heaven. Heidi, while having a conversation with my kids, the topic turned to suicide and euthanasia. My kids asked if someone commits suicide or went through with euthanasia, would they still go to heaven? Or is it an automatic go to hell, even if they asked Jesus in their heart earlier? This was always something I heard different answers to while growing up. So I just wanted to talk about it and get to the truth. All right. So this is a great question. And unfortunately, what we're seeing in the culture right now, we're talking about suicide a lot. We're talking even about euthanasia. So euthanasia, meaning um, when a person gets sick enough, they ask for a suicide pill from the doctor. And so uh, they commit you know, medical, medical suicide, really, or euthanasia, meaning when I see someone who's older and I just go, that person, you know, we're going to let that person die. All right. That'd be murder. I'm not actually euthanasia to me and suicide, completely different topics, but the Bible teaches us that, and this is important from the moment that we truly accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior, we are guaranteed eternal life. That's John three sixteen, And so because of the Bible, we can know beyond any doubt that a person possesses eternal life. So we're not, nothing can separate us from God's love, right? No created thing can separate a Christian from God's love. And so even a Christian who commits suicide is a created thing, all right? Therefore, not even suicide can separate a Christian from God's love. Jesus died for all of our sins, all right? And in a time of spiritual weakness, if a person commits suicide, that sin is still covered by the blood of Jesus. I believe this with all my heart. Having had several friends over my life commit suicide, this is something that 
I have grieved over and talked over and studied, but the, but according to the Bible, uh, I don't, I don't believe that suicide is what determines whether or not a person gains entrance into heaven. All right. Now, if an unsaved person commits suicide, he's done nothing but expedite his journey to hell. All right. So that person who committed suicide will ultimately be in hell, not because he committed suicide, but because he rejected salvation through Jesus. Does that make sense? And so uh, I want to encourage you that way. You guys, we are sealed. And this is something we have been uh, really stressing in the study of Revelation that we've been doing at MomStrong International. We are sealed. When we become uh believers in Jesus Christ. And nobody knows really what happens in a person's heart at the moment uh, that they die, right? I, I couldn't say for certain if somebody's a Christian, only God knows that, right? We hear about deathbed conversions, people accepting Jesus Christ moments before their death. The, the thief on the cross is a really good example. Uh, and I think it's possible that a person who commits suicide could have a last moment change of heart and cry out to God for his mercy. And we would leave that judgment to God. All right. But the suicide of of a believer, and we have seen many believers in, especially now in this, in this day and age, struggling with depression. When someone commits suicide, they have lost hope. And this is something I hope to have uh, Dr. Gary and Laura House back on the show to talk about. This is something, the very painful road that they have walked. Suicide is a serious sin. It's a sin against God, our creator, because the Bible says the suicide is murder. It's the murder of your own, your own self. We are called to live our lives under God. And the decision that we die when we die is up to God, but it is not a deal breaker for whether or not a believer who commits suicide goes to heaven. All right. If, uh, if you know someone who is considering suicide there, and I'll put this in the show notes today, please seek help. You guys the help is available and uh, we want to be thinking, Lord, how can we be helpful? Uh, The depression that's in the the world right now is real. This is certainly seen in the Psalms. David struggled. Remember he wrote this in Psalm 43. Why my soul are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed? And then he, he spoke the truth to himself. Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And we, as, as believers, always turning our hearts back to God, back to God. But, the, but a person who is uh, a believer and has committed suicide has already been sealed. I do not believe that suicide means separation from God. All right. We are sealed once and for all. Because if you're going to say, well, suicide is the, is the deal breaker, then what are the other deal breakers, right? Um, We are sealed, and I think it's so important. One more question today, and then I'll be done. Kate from Tomball, Texas. I love me some Tomball, Texas. She said, Heidi, I feel like the whole world is against me, including my Christian friends with the government today, whether it's masks or lockdowns or standing up for freedom in general. I'm being labeled as disrespectful and very ungodly through this whole issue. How do I continue to love others well while they think I'm literally spitting on everyone around me? You know, this is that spirit of division that's in the world right now. It's in the churches, it's in our schools, it's in our government. And I'm just going to encourage you like the Lord's been encouraging me, pray about it. You can disagree with someone without being disagreeable. Uh, You cannot wear a mask without being a jerk. 
just like you can wear a mask without being a jerk. But somehow the jerk thing is really, uh, we're struggling with it right now. We really are. And so our heart always should be as Christians to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. As you guys have heard me say, I've heard a lot of people have critiqued me about this because they think that I'm wrong about the masks. And I I think I'm not wrong. <laughs> but if I turn into a jerk over it, that's my fault. Okay. And so um, if someone's labeling you as being disrespectful and very ungodly, just because you won't wear a mask, that's wrong. The question is, are you being disrespectful? Are you being ungodly? I think we can get angry and be um, catty and be disrespectful. I know I have certainly done that in uh, in moments when I've just been like, oh, I told my husband the other day, I said, I am surrounded by stupidity and I'm allergic to it. <laughs> he was just like, well, you better take a Benadryl for that allergy comes out your mouth. <laughs> right? This is important. We want to maintain our testimony and we can love each other. I saw uh, somebody the other day posted, I'm not even going to tell you where it was and you guys don't need to go looking it up, but uh, a pastor posted on, on his social media last week that, you know, he got the COVID vaccine. And to me, it's just virtue signaling at this point. And so I, I posted a little like a sticker on his comment and it said, uh, caution, virtue signaling. Holy moly, you guys, I started a firestorm. Of I and I, I regretted it. I went back and I took my comment down. We don't have to swing at every pitch. I'm gonna say it again. Some of you need to hear it today. I need to hear it, Heidi St. John. You don't have to swing at every pitch. I don't have to get involved in every argument. I don't have to critique every person. All right. I think maybe we need to just quiet down a little bit. And uh, there needs to be some peace in Tomball, Texas, just like there needs to be some peace in Battleground, Washington. God is still at work. And he is not finished and we need to trust him. And I think um, quieting down right now and just saying, Lord, boy, 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 we need your help. This is probably a good place to start. All right, you guys, I'm out of time today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you've got a question you would like addressed here at Mailbox Monday, you can do that by filling out the form at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday or going to anchor.fm forward slash John forward slash message. And uh, that's how you do it. Remember, your, your uh, voicemails there can only be one minute long. So think about it before you leave it. We love it when you leave voicemails. It's kind of a fun way to answer your questions. Also, your answer is going to go to the top of the queue because I don't have nearly as many voicemails as I do uh, printed messages over at Mailbox Monday. All right. Uh, Reminding you guys again, we're getting ready to start a new Bible study in the book of Titus, Walk This Way, How to Live a Rapture Ready Life. This is a great time to join. And you can also pick up the entire study of the book of Revelation at HeidiStJohn.com. We love you guys. Have a great day. Love your families well today. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.